0: The text for Palm Sunday, one verse, Mark 5, verse 36. And the title of the message for this Palm Sunday, Jesus paid no attention to them. Mark five thirty-six. While Jesus was still speaking to the woman he had just healed, Some servants came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue ruler. And they said to him, your daughter has just died. Do not trouble the master any longer. This is beyond his power to help. Jesus paid no attention to them. He said to Jairus, do not be afraid. Only belief. Do not be afraid, only belief. It's an unusual verse connected with Jesus. It makes no sense when it says he paid no attention to them. Because Jesus paid attention to everything and everybody. Paid attention to ten lepers standing there ostracized because of their illness by that city. But Jesus, when he came, he zeroed in on them. The man who had been crippled for 38 years lying at the pool of Bethesda, for 38 years there was not a single human being who said to the crippled man, I will help you get into the water so that you can be healed. For 38 years, no one pays him any attention. And here comes Jesus on that particular day. And he sees a crippled man. And he goes straight to him. He paid attention to everybody and everything. Here's a bride and the groom. They have run out of wine at their wedding. And knowing how small towns are, Jesus knew that they would be the talk of the town for the next three or four years. And he didn't want them embarrassed, and he performs his first miracle. He pays attention to everything. Here comes the little children with all their excitement and joy, and they're running to Jesus until they bump into a roadblock, and the roadblock is the disciples' And they say to the parents of the children, Are you kidding me? Who's too busy to bother with your children? And Jesus sits there with his mouth hanging open and he tells the disciples, Get out of my way. Do not hinder any child from coming to me. Pays attention to everything and everybody. Here's a Samaritan woman... She has been shunned brutally by the people of Sychar. But when she comes to that well, Jesus is sitting there waiting for her. Pays attention to everything and everybody. There are 10,000 people on that hillside. They've listened to him for five or six hours. Jesus is concerned that some of them are going to pass out before they get back home, and he turns to his disciples, and he says to them, I want you to feed these 10,000 people. Pays attention to everybody and everything. The Roman soldiers nailing him to the cross. The tramp of Roman soldiers' feet. Nicely done. There was another sound. There was a sound of a hammer nailing nails into his wrist and into his ankle. And Jesus looks down from the cross and he sees these brutal men. And he says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. He looks down at his feet in such incredible pain. He sees a woman in her mid-forties. And the woman is his mother. And he's concerned about her, paying attention to his mother. And he says to John, I want you to take care of my mother when I am gone. He pays attention to mankind itself. 2 Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slow to his coming as some think of slowness. He is long-suffering and patient, not wanting anyone to perish, but for all to come to him. This, Jesus, there is nothing that escaped his view. The ones he came to were the poor and the crippled and the blind and the deaf and the dumb and the lepers. When John the Baptist said, should we be waiting for someone else? Jesus said, John, am going to point something out to you. Because of my attention to them, the blind see... The crippled walk, the lepers are cleansed, the dead are raised. And the gospel is preached to the poor. There was a couple that got married here yesterday. Lindsay McWalter and Brandon Kopp. And as they stood here, the verse that I shared was Psalm 139. One of the most powerful chapters in the Bible. And it says, God has you hemmed in. He knows all about your past. He knows what's going on in your life right now. And he knows all about your future. That's how much he pays attention to you. How startling then this one verse. When it says Jesus paid no attention. When he heard this word. The servants coming to Jairus And they said, you've run out of time. Your daughter has just died. Let Jesus go. He cannot help any longer. He cannot help any longer. Let him go. Half an hour earlier, Jairus had come. He didn't send a servant. This is his daughter. He did not send a servant. He says, Jesus, my daughter is dying. Jesus said, let's go. Rush hour traffic in the marketplace. Jesus didn't get through as quickly as he normally would. And then there's a woman. She'd been bleeding for 12 years and she touches his robe and she's healed. In the Bible, it's a couple of verses, but you realize this takes 20 or 25 minutes. By the time Jesus has talked to the woman and she's responded back. In fact, if you look carefully at the verse, he is still speaking to the woman when the servants come and say, your daughter just died. He's got to be going out of his mind. His daughter's dying. This woman stops him and he's saying to himself, I know you need help, but this is my daughter. Would you leave Jesus alone so he can get to my daughter's side before she dies? When the servant said to him, your daughter's dead, he cannot help. That's when the Bible says he paid no attention to them. He said to Jairus, do not be afraid, only believe. There were a handful of times when Jesus paid no attention. Why are there thirty thousand people laying down palm branches when he enters Jerusalem? Why? Because he had just raised Lazarus from the dead, that's why. He had raised the boy at Nain from the dead, but that boy had only been dead for a couple hours. He raised this girl from the dead, she only had been dead for half an hour. Lazarus has been dead for four days. And when Jesus comes on the fourth day and says, roll away the stone. And when he shouts into the tomb, Lazarus, come forth. You better believe everyone in Jerusalem for the feast of the Passover heard about the miracle. Theologians say there are 300,000 people that came to Jerusalem at that time for the Feast of the Passover. 30,000 of them are standing there saying to Jesus, You're going to be our earthly king. And Jesus paid no attention to them. 30,000 when he enters Jerusalem, so the historians believe. And no one, five days later when he's dying on the cross, Satan comes to him and says, Jesus, turn the stone into bread. Use your power to do this miracle. And Jesus paid no attention to him. Satan said, why don't you bow down and worship me? I'll give you all the nations that exist on the planet. And Jesus paid no attention to him. And Satan said, why don't you jump down off the top of the temple? Everyone's going to hear about that one, and you'll have thousands of people following you. And Jesus paid no attention to him. He took the word of God, and he threw it back in Satan's face. He paid no attention when they wanted to make him an earthly king. Gospel of John, when he feeds 10,000, it's the only gospel where it says when he did that miracle, the people wanted to take him by force and make him their king. And Jesus paid no attention to them. He scattered the crowd. This past week, I had the pleasure of teaching in the classroom of a combined first grade. And we talked about Palm Sunday and I asked the first graders, what would have happened if Jesus had been an earthly king? And they said, well, everyone would not have been sick and everyone would have had enough food. And, and they went on and on with all of the things that would have happened if Jesus had been an earthly king. And then I said, if he had been an earthly king, when someone you love dies would they be up there with him in heaven? And they said, no, no, no. And by the end of that lesson, they all realized why it was so important that he paid no intention to the cries for him to be exalted on this earth. They understood why he had to die. And why he had to set up his kingdom up there in heaven. He paid no attention to them. Simon Peter came to him one day when he was talking about the cross. And Simon Peter, the Bible says, rebuked him. He took him to the side. He didn't embarrass him in front of the rest of the disciples. He said, Jesus, I'm going to tell you something. Shut up. Every time you bring up this cross, it brings bad feelings to us. You got a lot of power. You got a lot of good things going. You got 10,000 people following you. You got to stop talking about the cross. And the Bible says Jesus turned to Simon Peter and he said, get behind me, Satan. Your mind is focused on things of this earth. You do not understand the purpose of God. He paid no attention to them. On this earth, it has always been the case that the main theme has been, the strong survive, the weak do not. Survival of the fittest. The Old Testament prophets like Hosea and Amos. They talked about how the poor were trampled upon. How those in the marketplace would set their scale so that they could rob the poor even of the little that they had. In the Old Testament, a major theme... Jesus said to his disciples, The rulers on this earth lorded over people. They stamped them underneath their boots and they kicked them. And he said, It shall not be so amongst us. Jesus paid no attention to the rules that exist on this earth. Out of his mouth come these words, Blessed are those who show mercy. Mercy. Blessed are the pure in spirit. Blessed are the peacemakers. Rome was brutal. Certain babies, if they were not wanted, they were left outside the city walls. There in the hills outside of Rome and the wild animals would come at night. If you were handicapped, you were taken outside the city walls and left in the hills. James Kennedy in his book, Why I Believe, he mentions the brutality that existed in the Roman Empire. And he said one of the reasons that Christianity grew so quickly was the kindness and the compassion of the Christians in Rome. In the middle of the night, they would go outside the city walls and they would grab the babies and they would grab the handicapped and they would grab the ill and the elderly and they would bring them back in And they would take care of them. They paid no attention to the rules that existed at that time. They were a different sort. A kindness and compassion that ran through them, exhibiting the very heart of God. You and I bump into Satan every once in a while. He says to you and me, you've committed a sin too great for God to forgive. And you pay no attention to him. He comes to you and he says, Jesus has better things to do than to listen to your prayer for a job. And you pay no attention to him. Satan comes to you and says, you can pray to God two or three times in your lifetime, but it's got to be something real huge. If you pray to God about little stuff and you cry wolf too often, he's not going to be there when you need him. And you pay no attention to him. These conferments at two o'clock this afternoon heading off to high school they're going to bump into a whole lot of things they haven't bumped into here in our blessed school. They're going to hear things like, uh, why be a goody-two-shoe? I talked to the gentleman this past week who started that Bible study at his fraternity at the college where he's at, and I asked him how it's going. He said it gets more difficult because once it started to take root... Then I began to receive emails and texts. And quite frankly, pastor, they were almost threats. Being a goody two-shoot, trying to bring something into this fraternity that's trying to turn who we are. And I said to him, how do you handle that? He said, a lot of prayer. I said, tell me more. He said, I try and pay no attention to it. I keep going forward. And God keeps blessing. There are voices you need to listen to. The voice of the one on the cross. The one who says, follow my path. The one who says when fear begins to take over, do not be afraid, only believe. If he can say to Jairus, whose 12-year-old daughter has just died... This is not beyond my power to help. Don't be afraid, only believe. He says the same thing to you and me. I don't know what's going on during this holy week for you. Maybe you're getting ready to have a baby. Maybe you just found out you were pregnant. Maybe you just got an advancement at work. Maybe the dude just gave you an engagement ring. It's about time, right? I don't know what's going on for you this Holy Week. I pray it's good stuff. But if during this Holy Week your uncle has died, or your father has just died, or your daughter's been diagnosed with MS in her mid-30s, I don't know what's going on in your life. But I know even if it's something of great horror Jesus would be the first one to say to you this is not beyond my power to help do not be afraid only belief next sunday a week from today we're going to be celebrating the power of the empty tomb that has rolled throughout this universe for 2,000 years. And that empty tomb says to you and me, do not be afraid, only belief. In our Lord's powerful name, amen. Would you rise as we pray? Heavenly Father, a lot of things in life that distract us. Some of them are of our own making. We are prone to be critical. We're prone to be judgmental. We're prone to pointing out everyone else's mistakes. We're prone to fear and worry and anxiety. We're prone to low self-esteem. Some of the things are of our own making. Others come upon us outside of our realm of ability to control And there comes the illnesses and there comes the things that Satan would bring to destroy us. When Jesus dies on that cross on Good Friday, he defeats our three greatest enemies, sin and death and the power of the devil. And when those enemies try and rear their head, God says to us, pay no attention to them. Christ has won the victory. If you sin, the sins are forgiven. If someone dies, they are safe in heaven. And the power of the devil to cause such fear and worry and shame and guilt, I can bring an end to that. Trust me. Look to the cross, look to the empty tomb, and put your trust in me. This is a day that God has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. In our Lord's name, amen.